Well, good evening, America. It is 7 p.m. and it is Monday, October 19th, and this is Queer News Tonight, the world's first live LGBTQ daily evening news. It is time to queer up the news. Watch as we bring you these and other stories from the LGBTQ headlines. Michigan's Governor Whitner says Trump directly incites domestic terrorism. Netflix just gave the go-ahead to The Gay Twilight yeah. and... 100 teenage boys turn up to school in skirts to protest sexism, homophobia, and toxic masculinity. Sounds like a day at your college, Ty. <laughs> uh, and also tonight, something brand new is coming. This is the trumpet fanfare that you will hear to start your day. Starting Tuesday, November 3rd, Election Day, Happening Out Television Network will launch the premiere of Good Morning Gay South Florida. 8 a.m. live on all social media channels and then live on demand throughout the rest of the day because this will be daily. Focusing exclusively on the news of Gay South Florida, Gay South Florida's most interesting LGBTQ personalities, Gay South Florida groups, Gay South Florida charities, only Gay South Florida prides and only Gay South Florida fun including bars, restaurants, parties, events, and more. Everything is going to change in Gay South Florida on Tuesday, November 3rd at 8 a.m. And yes, we bring four years of one terrible world to an end on November 3rd as we first vote and then begin a beautiful new day in the gayest place on planet Earth. Tune into Good morning, Gay South Florida. Well, good evening, America. It is 7 p.m. Monday, October 19, 2020, and it is time to queer up the news. We are literally out of the closet and into the headlines. So many of your stories we are going to tell this evening on Queer News Tonight the world's first live daily queer evening news show out of the closet and into the headlines on Q News tonight. I do think I agree with you that we need to stop trying to find divisions within ourselves, but I do think that we need to find ways to uh, respect, understand, and embrace our difference, because it's our difference that really makes us strong, it's our difference that makes us a community, and it's really our difference that helps us to better understand each other, better respect each other, uh, uh, and better move together as a group. 
Nine unarmed black men were killed by police in 2019. Nine unarmed. Now, unarmed doesn't mean innocent. Unarmed doesn't mean not a threat. So last year, 0.000022% of the black population was an unarmed black person killed by the police. That is why we are burning America to the ground. That is why we are cre uh, creating this false narrative of black people being attacked by police based off of 0.000022% of the black population. I ask the audience, we have a live audience, America, we're at Sunshine Cathedral, the largest queer church in the world. We have a live audience uh, representing both sides, both left and right. I ask the audience again to be respectful and polite. And you yelling is not respectful or polite. And this will be your only warning and I assure you I have the ability to eject you out of this hall. Please, we are happy you're participating as long as you're respectful and polite. Well, it was an amazing debate, and America Happening Out Television Network has once again proved precisely why we are so vital to the LGBTQ community, as we are the only place capable of platforming both sides of the community. The left who see Biden as a needed break from Trumpism, and the right who yearn for Trump's radical thinking to continue on. It was tough at times during the debate being the moderator myself, but they pulled me back from vacation to do it. And overall, I think it was a huge success, watched by over 200,000 viewers, and shows just how badly our community needs to come together. Yeah, having been there, it was, um, most of the conversation was very, very good, very, uh, very dynamic. Everybody was able to speak respectfully. There were a few times it got crazy, including the one clip from Brandon Strzok that I, I clipped for that, um, where he was very much about numbers, which were factual without even slightly addressing the reasoning behind those numbers and what the movement's actually about. But, uh, you know, it, it was an amazing show. As someone who was sitting on the stage uh, across from them, it was intense to say the least uh, but I do think uh, it turned out to be a good debate in the end and Al uh, kudos to you for really keeping a lid on things yeah. as we moved along. Chris Wallace has got to learn some things from that. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, very kind on, on both of your uh, behalf. I, I would suggest to you America, LGBT America, watch the debate. Uh, we covered 12 major topics. Uh, all of the major issues that face the LGBTQ community was debated in a fashion where we had micro mini debates of approximately seven minutes per topic. And both sides had equal time. And for the most part, both sides were generally respectful uh, to each other. And I think you would learn a lot. And at the end of the day, it was completely designed to propel you to vote. One of the most important things that came out of the debate was 74% of the LGBTQ community are supporting uh, Biden and Harris. 17% are currently supporting Trump and Pence, and 9% were undecided on Friday, uh, nationally, according to GLAAD. We ask you now, what are you waiting on? Decide. It's time to decide, and it's time to vote. Speaking of voting, we are going to queer up vote 2020. Michigan's Governor Whitmer says Trump directly incites domestic terrorism. Watch this. And then I guess uh, they said she was threatened, right? She, she was threatened. 
And she blamed me. She blamed me. And our people were the ones that worked with her people. So let's see what happens. Ten days after a plot to kidnap, put me on trial and execute me. Ten days after that was uncovered, the president is at it again and inspiring and in incentivizing and um, inciting this kind of domestic terrorism. It is wrong. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who, says, who the FBI says was targeted in a foiled kidnapping plot, on Sunday accused President Trump of fanning the flames of domestic terrorism when he didn't put a stop to chants of lock her up that erupted the day before during a rally in her home state. Trump at one point replied, lock them all up, which does not sound very comforting to somebody who had a plot to kidnap them foiled only recently. But hey, it's totally okay because Laura Trump, Donald's daughter-in-law, said it was all part of a fun setting, so I guess it's much ado about nothing. Oh, of course it's much ado about nothing. This, this lock, the, lock them up thing, I don't understand why that's their constant refrain. They just want to put us all in jail. And in addition to that, I think it's dangerous because it's not only inciting domestic terrorism, which the governor of Michigan suggests, the question immediately comes to the crowd and then ultimately to the president. Lock her up for what? What crime did she commit? She is the governor of Michigan and made reasonable and constitutional decisions of how they were going to handle COVID in the state of Michigan. She committed no crime. They're yelling to lock her up for no crime. How is that possible? How is that democratic? And of course, the answer is they don't care about democracy. No, they, they don't. It has nothing to do with law. It has to do with a blind nationalism that is the kind of blind nationalism that leads to so many dictators taking power. But that's exactly what they want. They want Trump to be the dictator in power. And anyone who disagrees with him just needs to be locked up and shouldn't have a voice. The same thing they complain that's happening to them. Yeah. Right. Well, let's move on and queer up gay culture. Bernard Cohen passes LGBTQ History Month thanks the 1960s attorney that inspired the gay marriage decision. Bernard S. Cohen, who won a landmark case that led to the U.S. Supreme Court's rejection of laws forbidding interracial marriage and later went on to a successful political career as state legislator, has died. He was 86. There are many who rightly believe without Cohen's work in the late 50s to bring justice to couples who wanted to be married that gay marriage in the United States would still be a distant thought. He was a titan of equality, and he will be missed. Next week, Queer Up the World in reporting that 100 teenage boys turn up to school in skirts to protest sexism, homophobia, and toxic masculinity. Last week, around 100 boys at a high school in Gatineau, Quebec, wore skirts to school protesting against the double standard in their school's sexist dress code. Girls at the school are required to wear skirts no shorter than 10 centimeters above the knee, but there is no equivalent rule for clothes often worn to school by boys, for example, shorts. Two days before the protest, 16-year-old Zachary Paulin told around 30 people that he had planned to wear a skirt to school on the Friday, but he never expected that so many of his classmates would take part in the demonstration. Next, we queer up entertainment. Drag Race and Dragula Halloween specials stream this month. The Boulay Brothers Dragula Resurrection premieres tomorrow, Tuesday, October 20th on Shudder, the horror streaming service. 
hosted and judged by series creators the Boulay Brothers, the innovative two-hour film, part horror movie, part documentary, and part reality competition, marks the first spin-off of the groundbreaking, the Boulay Brothers Dragula series. Meanwhile, the queens of Drag Race Season 12 will reunite in the new Halloween special, Bring Back My Ghouls. <laughs> the special will see the return of the 12 competitors, minus Sherry Pie, who was disqualified after a catfishing scandal, as they take part in planned lip syncs, kikis, and more. We're glad our gay Christmas is going to be a delightful one this year. Let's continue queering up entertainment. Netflix just gave the go-ahead to The Gay Twilight. Netflix demonstrated its love of all things LGBTQ once again with an announcement that will be the streaming giant partner with actress Emma Roberts for First Kill, a new vampire series dubbed The Gay Twilight. The series will run for eight episodes and will follow an ambitious lesbian vampire teen named Juliet who has plans to rise up the social ladder of the vampire world. I'm sure everyone will be screaming for this when it comes out. Go Netflix. I am getting so excited for Halloween. <laughs> gay Christmas. Uh, next, we're going to queer up gay culture. Free, straight, uh, I'm sorry, Free State Justice debuts an LGBTQ book club. Free State Justice at an LGBTQ advocacy group is now hosting a virtual LGBTQ book club beginning on October 25th about LGBTQ issues. The first book that they will be discussing is Martin Duberman's Has the Gay Movement Failed, which examines the liberation movement's transition from radical to mainstream. I think it would be fantastic if we all participated in growing our LGBT culture. Next tonight, let's catch up on all the news surrounding COVID-19 with our quarantine quickies. There is a lot to discuss during this pandemic, so let's get it underway. We begin in quarantine quickies by reporting new research sheds light on COVID-19 spread inside airplane cabins. Watch this. This is Ruth, a test dummy simulating a coughing passenger. During each of 300 tests, during 38 hours of flight time and 45 hours on the ground, Ruth spewed out 180 million particles, equivalent to the particles released from thousands of coughs. Researchers from the military and DARPA wanted to know what the exposure risk for viruses like COVID-19 was for troops riding on an airliner. They used a United Airlines 767 and 777. The analysis showed an overall low exposure risk on these aircraft from airborne pathogens like COVID-19. Especially when the coughing test dummy wore a mask. Testing found on average just 0.003% of the particles reached another passenger's breathing zone. Even sitting next to someone coughing, there was limited risk as the mask minimized exposure. This um, military uh, study is very exciting for the LGBTQ community because in every survey, one of the top things that our community likes to do is travel. And of course, to be able to travel, you have to be able to generally fly. Last week, I was on vacation. I took a short vacation with John Holt, a friend of mine uh, from Gaytown Hall, and we went to the Western North Carolina mountains to do some hiking in fall color. It's the first time that I had flown in pandemic. And I, to be honest with you, even having contracted COVID-19 was a bit nervous. I flew an airline that filled every single seat between South Florida and Western North Carolina, a legion. And uh, <coughs> after the first flight, in my return flight, I found that I was much more comfortable in 
my expectations of flying and my uh, my anxiety had decreased significantly. And then on Friday, this study came out. And the general report of the military study is that if every single person on the plane wears a mask, there is a 99.9% .9 likelihood of no COVID air transmission on a plane in combination with the air transfer uh, every six to seven minutes on a plane. So it's very good news about traveling on an airplane in COVID-19. Well, a lot of my friends work in the airline industry, and um, many, many of my friends have caught COVID during this, including myself. Um, many in the service industry, especially hotels, restaurants, almost no one I know from the airline industry has caught it, and they are dealing face-to-face -face with people all day because the circulation in the airplanes is so good. It's so protective, and everybody's making them wear masks. Um, it's quite safe to do that. As you all know, I always say I'm happiest at 30,000 feet with a gin and tonic in my hand. Uh, and since, uh, since the pandemic started, I've been very anxious about flying, but I am very much looking forward to uh, my trip to Pennsylvania for Thanksgiving. And with this story, I'm going to be able to do it with even less anxiety. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm looking at this picture of the three of us, and we're like the, uh, the COVID twins. We're like the Sanderson <laughs> sisters of COVID uh, as I look at uh, this picture. Quarantine quickies. Pelosi outlines 48-hour deadline to pass relief bill before election. Watch this. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi gave Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin a 48-hour deadline to reach an agreement on a coronavirus stimulus relief bill. Pelosi says the deadline is necessary if they hope to pass such a bill before Election Day. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell announced this weekend there could be votes on stimulus measures, including a standalone Paycheck Protection Program bill to help small businesses on Tuesday and Wednesday. But Democrats are expected to block McConnell's effort as they push for a a larger deal. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said Sunday that she and the Trump administration still haven't reached an agreement on coronavirus relief and that a deal must be struck in the next 48 hours if they want to pass the package by Election Day. Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin have been negotiating for months to reach a deal on another coronavirus relief package. The Democratic-led House passed a $3 trillion relief package in May that did not pro uh, progress in the Senate. And recently, the White House offered a $1.8 trillion compromise. While Trump has said he wants to pass, quote, a big, beautiful stimulus, knowing Washington, my hopes aren't too high. <laughs> and that's it for today's Quarantine Quickies. Now we move into a great story about our community. We're going to queer up pride. Bar Rita presents Pride Monday's weekly charity fundraiser. Here, in the gayest place on planet Earth, we love to drink. We love to support local charities. Local restaurant Bar Rita every week partners with charity group Flockfest and promoter Ryan Young to present Pride Mondays. Every week, 10% of sales from the restaurant go to a different charity. This evening, after the show, you can join them as they raise funds for United Dog Rescue. With music by DJ Jay McCracken, Pride Mondays are just another example of why we call Wilton Manors the gayest place on planet Earth. I love that story. Next, Happening Out Television Network, we remind you, is broadcasting on our permanent set here in partnership with the Sunshine Cathedral, the world's largest queer church here in Fort Lauderdale and Wilton Manors, Florida. We always joke the gayest place on planet Earth. They also hosted the national LGBTQ debate. Very brave of them last Friday night. <laughs> 
Our support of their Sunday celebration is the largest LGBTQ religious broadcast in the world, every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. We encourage you to tune in. Sunshine Cathedral is my queer church. Watch this. Childers with Island City Stage and Sunshine Cathedral is my queer church. We'd also like to thank our set designer, Concepto Modern Living, here in Fort Lauderdale for making this set in this amazing queer church campus possible. Welcome to week seven of Queer Money Talks, where every Monday we'll take viewer questions about finance and the economy and ask our professional to weigh in so that you can be more confident with your money. We are proud to have Queer News Tonight contributor David Treese joining us now. With 30 years of experience, David's works uh, works as a fee-based investment advisor representative with Cetera Advisors and is an accredited investment fiduciary. He understands financial markets and is a professional financial planner. David has been featured in the Miami Herald, Sun Sentinel, PBS's nightly business report, The Washington Post, and on NBC6 in an Emmy award-winning series about his work. And of course, he's a member of the LGBTQ community. David, welcome to the show tonight. Great to be here again. Thanks for having me. Well, we have a few questions uh, from viewers, and David, we're going to start with you. Yes, absolutely. A viewer has asked, is it a good idea to consolidate my debts? You know, it can be because it can be a question of lowering interest rates or convenience, but you have to ask why you're doing it and how you're going to do it. For example, are you going to get into more debt? Is this just another avenue to open up other credit that you're going to run up again? So you have to have a financial planning approach and think about what's in your best interest. So there can be good reasons to do it, but not necessarily all debt. For example, if you have a student loan, maybe a public student loan, you may have some benefits that you would give up if you were to consolidate that into a private loan. So you really want to look at all of the strengths and weaknesses, the pluses and, and the minuses. One of the things I, I have clients who they'll take advantage of these zero interest offers, and so they'll roll some money over there, but there can be fees in doing that. So even though it's like a zero interest offer, there could be like a 3% charge for doing that. You kind of like overlook that, but you really want to look at the dollars involved. And then you have to make sure if you're going to do that, that when the zero interest part is done, that you're able to pay it all off. People often do this with great intentions, thinking they're going to come up with the money to pay it all off. But the banks know that for a lot of people, that's not the case. That's why it's lucrative to give those zero interest offers. And then you're ending up with something like 24% after. So know what you're getting into, do your homework, and have some discipline about it. Hmm. Okay. And Ty, another? Sure. Uh, we have a viewer who's asked, <laughs> I've heard of a backdoor Roth conversion. Uh, am I going to enjoy it? <laughs> no. oh, sorry very good <laughs> is a backdoor roth conversion legal and can you explain this in layman's terms all right here's how it works um 
And the back door. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. The dangerous sorry. question. Yeah. This is definitely going to get like get our ratings up even higher. These kinds of questions. Back, back door Roth. Well, first of all, it, it is completely legal, but what it's doing is just taking advantage of different rules. So as um, background, this is something that really high earners can use to try to get a Roth contribution where otherwise they would not be eligible. So for a single filer, the modified adjusted gross um, income limit to contribute to a Roth IRA is 139,000. For a married couple, it's 206,000 a year. So if you make that much or more, you're just not eligible to contribute to a Roth. So the idea is you contribute to a traditional IRA and then convert it to a Roth. And the problem with that is there's a pro rata rule because it's, it looks too good to be true, too easy. But you really can't get away with it because they look at the, the whole amount, the IRS looks at the whole amount of your IRA funds and it's only a percentage, so pro rata. So if that small amount that you're looking to convert is like 10% of your overall IRA funds, it means 90% of it is going to be taxable at the time you do that conversion. Mm. And it's, if it, you do it the same year, you can't basically put in a deduction into a traditional IRA and get a deduction and then convert it to a Roth because you, you lose your deduction if you do that. And, so, and, and David, I want to provide uh, some, um, just a little focus. Uh, there, are, there are IRA benefits for those that are uh, more income significance and IRA benefits for those that have less income significance. You can, uh, you can help counsel in both categories, correct? Yes, and I think the, the whole question about the Roth, why would people want to do a Roth even if they're not eligible? And I love Roth IRAs, and the reason is the money that you put in there is completely tax-free. It grows tax-free, and when you withdraw it, it's tax-free. So I tell people, especially younger people, would you rather pay tax on the seed at the beginning or on the whole crop at the end where everything is grown and it's all taxable? Mm -hmm. There are other benefits too because, again, for younger people, when you're saving into a Roth, and let's say there's an emergency, you need to take a withdrawal. Generally speaking, you're gonna get a 10% penalty if you're under 59 and a half. Now this year we've got an exception because of the COVID-19 crisis, but that's always the exception with Roth IRAs. You can always take back your own contributions without that 10% penalty, mm -hmm. without having to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. And another big benefit is when you turn 72, you have to do required minimum distributions on anything like a traditional IRA or 401k. That is not true on a Roth. There are no required minimum distributions hmm. on Roth IRAs while you have it. Now, if you pass away and leave it to somebody else, they do have RMDs, although it's still going to be tax-free. The idea is you can't just leave a, a, any kind of an IRA in perpetuity. Both David and Ty, by the way, have willed their Roth IRAs to me. I'm just <laughs> making sure that everyone knows that. And we have uh, one more uh, question. We're back to... Yes, of course, because it's all about financial versatility and lubricating your account. I hear <laughs> rates are low right now. So what are the pros and cons of refinancing my home? My compliance department's just going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it can be a very good thing to look at refinancing home right now because the rates are so low and you may have a higher rate from a previous time and it could be just your personal situation at the time. And I've seen this from a lot of people that 
um, they just did this so long ago, rates were higher or their down payment wasn't enough or their credit wasn't as good. So look at maybe you can get a better rate if it's a couple percent lower and you're gonna stay in the house longer, it could be a good thing to do. Again, why are you doing it? Is it just to get a better rate or is it to free up credit where you're gonna go ahead and, and spend money? So you wanna make sure you're doing this so that it's in your best financial interest. And you have to look at the closing costs too because there's always closing costs which can be quite expensive. For example, if you are going to have $5,000 in closing costs and you're reducing your monthly payment by $200 because of the lower interest rate, you're still talking about 25 months then just to kind of break even on the closing costs. Mm. So, but I do definitely think it can be a, a worthwhile thing if you're planning to stay in the house a long time. And one other thing I'd point out that mathematically, the way mortgages are amortized, is it's a kind of a funny concept, but when you're starting a new mortgage, it's like the only time you get young again, so to speak, <laughs> because you can make extra payments right from the beginning, let's say on a 30-year mortgage, and then you're saving 30 years of interest from the beginning on that extra payment. And mathematically, it's just astounding how by making even yeah. one extra payment oh, a sure. year, you can save years on that mortgage. And there are great calculators where you can actually see it. And that will hopefully inspire you to do that. Yeah, David, great advice. Uh, that has been week seven of Queer Money Talks. This is a unique platform uh, for us to help you uh, with financial advice. Uh, we look forward to having David back next week as well with more professional advice for, for the LGBTQ community. Thank you for your time tonight, David. No, thank you. We're going to end tonight's broadcast with The Big Finish. These are short story mentions of LGBTQ news or news with a gay perspective. So here we go, first on Queer News tonight's The Big Finish. Hocus Pocus. It comes back after 300 years. It's been 300 years, right down to the day, and the witch is back. There'll be hell to pay. I'm excited about it if it's only for one night. I don't care. I love Hocus Pocus, but I grew up with it, so. So I am the biggest Bette Midler queen in the country, in the world. She's the people's diva. She's my diva. Uh, and this is all a charity event for her um, New York restoration project. She's taken derelict buildings and vacant lots and picked up tons of trash, turned them into uh, parks all around New York and community gardens. Uh, and this is her annual fundraiser, so I'm glad to see that she and her friends got together to just give us a little taste of what I remember Hocus Pocus to be. Mm. I have been silent, just waiting deliciously to drop this on Ty that I have been to her Halloween ball. And uh, she is, <laughs> and she, see, that's all I needed. And it was a <laughs> fabulous experience of what she does. And also, um, uh, Hocus, Pocus, Hocus Pocus gets better every single year. The movie was only marginally successful. It's much more successful today than it was in 1993. And I do a shout out uh, here in South Florida for Nicole Hollowell. She does a Hocus Pocus show and her rendition of Bette Midler is simply stunningly amazing. Yes. And we're glad that she's doing it even this year in COVID in theater experience where she puts on highlights from the show with the other girls. And I, again, am looking at this picture of the three and I'm definitely the <laughs> Bette Midler of the Sanderson. Oh, down I get to be the girl. Sarah. Down girl. <laughs> in the big finish, <laughs> this queer brand just released a bodysuit, perfect for the thirst traps to the left and right of me. 
So these are from the company Leak Your Sex Tape. Um, I love men's lingerie. If you watch It's Happening Out, I made the host do a whole segment on it because I think it's a great concept. I'm not a huge fan of the cuts on some of these. I, you know, I like to, to see those pecs show a little bit more men's lingerie, but you know, I'm so happy more brands are going this way. So I have to be honest, when we were talking about a backdoor Roth, I about <laughs> this. Really, that's more. This like, is the costuming yeah. for it. Yeah. So when you go to have your professional uh, consultation with David Trees at Sentara, <laughs> this is what you wear. Oh, now it's all falling into place. I understand. Well, first off, I've got to say, I do not know why we keep letting David Hopkins be the one searching for all of these pictures and these kind of stories of these kind of hot guys for this show. But I want to find out where I sign up for this. All right. The big finish. Today in Florida and in the gayest place on planet Earth is the first day of early voting. It's yes. begun. And uh, the video right here was actually taken by the folks over at the pub, which is one of our gay bars. This was about 8 a.m. this morning at our early voting center in the rain. People were showing up and showing out, and that gives me hope that November 3rd is going to lead to a new USA, and I have hope for the future now. I was so relieved when I woke up this morning and looked at my Facebook and I saw everyone posting about being there to early vote. I was yeah. so happy. Congratulations and thank you for voting. Today, yes, guys. do it, uh, continue to do it early, but especially continue to do it often. Oh gosh, they're <laughs> gonna play that sound bite over and over again. On Local Fox elections News. matter. Exactly. Um, we have devoted, of course, as you know, America, most of this year to this point. We have de dedicated a huge percentage of our resources to this point. No matter what your politics are, as a member of the LGBTQ community, be heard and have your voice counted. At the end of the day, I don't care who you vote for. Yes, I do. But I don't care who you vote for because your vote matters. You never know when the Supreme Court's picks or equality is on the line. So you should always vote. No. And that's what's important today. It has begun. It is real and November 3rd is speeding toward us. Yes, and if you are in Florida, early voting locations are open 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. seven days a week until the first of the month, so please go vote. And that is today's news for the LGBTQ community on the world's first daily LGBTQ evening news show. Remember, if it's important to the LGBTQ community, it's important to Queer News Tonight, but you gotta help us out. Click subscribe on YouTube and ring my bell for updates and be sure to share this news. Mm. We are literally out of the closet and into the headlines, and we've proven that tonight by talking about Roth's back door <laughs> and uh, the Sanderson sisters and so many other things. We've moved gay into the headlines, and this is the only source of live LGBTQ news in the entire world. Your community needs your support. You are not alone. We will get through this crisis. We are here with you, and this is Queer News Tonight. So thank you for joining us, America. I'm Al Ferguson. And on behalf of David Hopkins. A muck, a muck, a muck. And Dr. Ty Hauser. <laughs> oh, can we cut this show? <laughs> <laughs> we will see you daily and tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Good night, America. Good night. Good night.